Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. So today we're going to talk about, uh, thank you, sir, leaving out and, and leaning in. There are so many of us who live our lives as kind of outsiders, as less than people. And we may not acknowledge that to other people that we feel less than, but inside we do. And inside we feel left out. Inside we feel, um, you know, unwanted at times. Inside we feel perhaps even cursed, less gifted. Inside we feel like there's something maybe even wrong with us. We feel like other people got a better deal in life than we did, um, that, um, that you know, we're just not in on the good life that we wished we had. But today, I want to challenge you, as we talk about being all in, uh, to recognize that to be in, you got to leave out. And I'm going to explain that and unpack that a little bit more, but, but I want you to leave an outsider's mentality behind today. And I want you to, to start to develop an insider's mentality and an insider's, um, you know, expectation for the rest of your life. And the truth is we're never going to be all in until we get a couple of things really clear in our lives. And, and again, uh, in is a, is a key word. One of the, the great theological words that we need to learn uh, certainly at, at uh, Christmas and at Easter and for the rest of the year as we live the Jesus story is the word incarnation. And incarnation means that God became flesh. Now, it's such an astonishing thing. It's such an astonishing miracle that, first of all, that there really is a God and that this infinite God became flesh. I've become more and more aware and astonished uh, by the nature of, our, of the universe and, and the scientific discoveries we're making. I, I mean, how many of y'all saw th- this last week we had the, a picture of a black hole for the first time in human history? That's crazy. Even to think about what a black hole is. <laughs> that there's a gravity so great that it pulls everything in and even light cannot escape. It's, it's pulling everything in into this, this nothingness. I mean, and, and, and to, to begin to think in terms of hundreds of billions of light years. I'm sorry you lost me at hundreds. And then I really tripped up at billions. And then a light year? So I just want you to, to think about the big of God and, and, and how God is, you know, um, just represented in creation in the world and in creation in the universe. And all that God is became a, a human being, became a man. Until we become convinced about the reality that all of God lived in Jesus Christ, his son, we're never going to get this story. But, but I just want you to understand that that you'll never really get in if that's the only part of the incarnational story you understand. That there's a second part of the incarnation story that's the key and the point of the whole first part of the incarnation story. The whole point of the first part of the incarnational story would that, was that God would be in Christ and that Christ would be in you. So the second incarnation is that God is in all of his kids. All of them. He was in his son. And to believe that is astonishing. 
But to also understand that the whole point of the first coming of Christ was that there would be a, a second incarnation in each and every one of us. All of God lives in all of God's kids. And the key word of the kingdom is in. In John 17, we are at the last night of Jesus' life. This is just before the arrest and the trial and the passion of Jesus Christ. And what somebody says in their last hours, when they know it's their last hours, they're giving you their deepest stuff. So some of the things that I'm about to say may not strike you as the deepest things, but I, I, I just want to suggest to you that, that Jesus thought they were. And that he wanted us to get what he, was, what he was praying as of first importance. And Jesus is praying in John 17, 8, and he says, For I gave them the words you gave me. And the them he's referring to, use your imagination, uh, be there that night, it's dark, uh, this is the 12 that are gathered around, maybe it's the 11 because maybe Judas has left to, to bring back already um, the, uh, the temple guards and, and the, the Pharisees to, to arrest him. But I gave these the words that you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed you sent me. In all in, there is a certainty that goes together. Until you become convinced about some God things, um, you're always going to live a tentative, half-hearted life. But, you know, it, it's, I don't know there's just some tripwire moments to where you, you look at something and you decide what you believe and then you begin to believe that with certainty and it changes you. And Jesus says that, that, that his disciples at this point know with certainty that he is from God and that he had a, a mission in his sending. But there's this second sending and this second incarnation that I think we really don't get and we really downplay. Again, that was the whole point of the first. So, so you can acknowledge that God sent his son into the world and yay, you can still live outside of that story. You can marvel at the mystery of, of God indwelling and you can still live outside of the story because you don't let God indwell in you. You stay outside in your hurt, in your wounded, in your pain, in your sorrow, in your sadness. But the whole reason Jesus came was so that he could come inside of you and I. And John 17, 18 says, as you sent me into the world, I have um, sent them into the world. <laughs> so the miracle of the in language of the kingdom is that God was in Christ to bring the beauty of the glory of God into the broken of the world. And now God is in his other sons and daughters to bring the beauty of the glory of God into a broken world. And we downplay that. We downplay this whole second incarnation, which is why Jesus died. And then verse 20, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. This chain of faith through the generations flowing from life to life, handed down to those who come after of this trust in Christ. So Jesus prayed for you. This night, I believe. That Jesus, uh, in the garden with his friends, prayed for you. He is the, the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of the universe. We, we start talking now in terms of computer processing. Any computer people here? 
What are we up to now in terms of, of the descriptions of, of, you know, processing? There's teraflops and floppy. What, what, are, we, what are we up to? Anybody know? Okay, all right, all right. See, see, if somebody didn't know, I was going to make something up and you wouldn't know. <laughs> Till you Google it afterwards and said, he made that up. <laughs> do you see, um, you know, that you have this processing power so that you can simultaneously do multiple things at the same time and that power just increases as, as we move forward in technology. You need to understand that God is God and that there is no limit to his processing power. You need to understand that you are uh, made in the image of God, created before the foundations of the world on purpose by God, so that when Jesus is praying that night, for for, for all of us who would follow, I believe he was praying for you by name. Knowing all your pain, all your circumstances, totally had the, the, the God intellectual horsepower to know the sum of every experience in your whole life, and he's praying passionately for you. That you would be all in his love. That you would walk out of your hurt and your pain and your woundedness. And that you would live in his joy. In is the language of the kingdom. That those who will believe in me uh, through their message. That all of them may be one father. Just as you are in me and I am in you. We downplay this prayer of God so much. We mock the unity of God. And we say, oh, yeah, you know, we may be unified. And then we, we tear each other apart, Republicans and Democrats. We tear each other apart, immigrant and not. We tear each other apart according to the pigment of our skin, according to, to uh, theological distinctions. We're going to take a stand and then divide uh, about those who are wrong. I just want to tell you that, that we're all wrong for not taking Jesus seriously here. Unity matters. And it's not just about a, you know, a bunch of denominations that aren't, you know, tearing each other apart. Unity in a church matters. Unity in a family matters. And when you put being right above being together, you're wrong. Okay? And when you start declaring people out, then you need to know that you're outside of the will of God. When in your heart and life, um, your anger rises, when your judgment rises, when your opinion rises, and, and you're able to kind of separate yourself from other people, and you can move them out, you're doing the work of hell. Because hell is out. Heaven is in. And, and you got to choose where you're going to live. What I want you to do today is leave out, out, and lean in to Christ. Lean in to the love of God. But I'm just telling you, when you start to make this move, it's not like it's going to go unopposed, right? Let's take an addiction, for example. And, and there is a pain in your life, and you're, you know, you, you can't go there with that pain. Actually, you can, and you should, and you must. But you're not going there with that pain. You're just going gonna to take the substance, smoke something, take something, drink something, whatever, so that you won't have to, f- to face the pain. You can't just say, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. And then Satan goes, oh, okay, you're stopping? I'm not messing with you anymore. Ah. It's going to be a storm, going to be a wind. And you know what you need to do? You need to lean in. You need to stand against that. And when you, um, when you start to, to experience the, the, the Holy Spirit changing you in your life, you need to understand it's not going to be something that Satan lets you have without a battle. You got to fight. You got to lean in. 
This unity matters. That all of them may be one. Now now look how we're compared to. Father, just as you are in me, that's the first incarnation. And I am in you. This is, the, this is a reference. This Easter week, Jesus is referencing the Holy Trinity. Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. The perfect triunity. The perfect community without competition. And Jesus is saying that when they leave out the world. And they come in us. They are coming in To all of us and all we are. And the same unity that we have in the same uh, purpose and passion and love and relationship we have, they will have. But we dumb that down. We don't believe this. You need to understand that all in means all. That, That God has called you all into himself. That they may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This mattered to Jesus. This is what he's thinking about hours before he's going to be beaten and judged and crucified and killed. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Some of y'all think, I don't have much glory. You know, Jesus said you do. And I'm just telling you, I, I don't know all of this means, and, I, and I'm, I'm not even talking about a mustard seed compared to Mount Everest, a grain of sand compared to, you know, to, 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 the, to the oceans. But I, what I'm telling you is, is that, is that many of us live our whole lives as outsiders, um, as down, broken people flying under the radar, just trying to survive and get by. No. No, you've been invited in. That's out in the world. Jesus said, I have given you my glory. (laughs) You're to reveal and reflect his glory. I have given you my glory that they may be one as we are one. Let, Let me just ask you to imagine what kind of relationship Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have. Do you think it's one of joy? Do you think it's one of peace? Do you think it's one of, of even fun and humor and, and expectation and it's, it's just life to the full? This is the life you're invited into. I came, Jesus said in John 10, 10, that you might have life and you might have it abundantly to the full. And then I want you to listen to verse 23 of John 17. Because here's the whole point Jesus came. The whole point of the incarnation was another incarnation. The whole point of God being in was that God might be in. The whole point of, of father and son is sons and daughters. So listen to this. Last words coming out of Jesus' mouth, last prayers of his life before he bleeds, this is his prayer. I in them and you in me. I in them and you in me. Say it with me. I in them and you in me. The language of the kingdom is in. The language of hell is out. We have been invited in. And this all in is not a matter of us just trying to be devoted and dedicated enough to God through our own efforts and energies. No, being all in means that by the work of Jesus Christ, we've entered into the the love of God in a completely life-changing way. 
It means that, that all of, in a mystery, all of an infinite God lived inside of Jesus. And in another mystery, all of an infinite Jesus wants to live inside of you. This is amazing. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Same love, no less. As we celebrate this holy Easter week, we need to recognize that the whole point of Jesus' work was to bring us all the way in. But we radically downplay how far God has gone to bring us in. And most of us here live on the outside looking in. Like we are flawed, um, and, and we are, but that we are flawed and worthless, which we're not, that, that we are disqualified, which we are, but Jesus qualifies us, so we're not. We live our whole lives like we're cursed, but in sin we, we live in a curse, but the sin's been broken, so we're not cursed. The point is that God doesn't want you on the outside looking in anymore. He wants you in. He wants you in his love, in his peace, in his grace, in his joy. And all of this is just by having faith in what he has done in the first incarnation. 1 John 2.2, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. The story of Easter is the story of, of love. Of love poured out that we could be brought in. We are created in Christ Jesus. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. But the reality is, most of us here, again, are on the outside looking in. And the life you have isn't the life you want. And you're in pain, and you're depressed, you're dissatisfied, you're angry, you're disappointed, and all of this is, is outside stuff in a broken world. And Jesus put it this way in John 16, Again, something he said just a few hours before he was to begin his passion. I have told you these things so that in me, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I, 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 I hear pastors, I, I hear people talk about their pastors. I, in fact, I talked with a guy the other day and he said, you know, my, my pastor tells me that if I'll just um, have faith that, that, that everything's gonna work out, everything's gonna come together in my life. I don't think that's quite the message of Jesus. It is and it isn't. <laughs> Here's what Jesus said. Hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. So stop being surprised. What? There's trouble? You know? No. Said, stop being surprised. I will say that to you guys. Stop being surprised that, that you have trouble and trials and struggles in this world. That's what you're going to have. But Jesus has invited us. He came into the world so that you and I could leave it. So in this world, you're going to have trouble, but in me, you'll have peace. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. All of us choose between a life of trouble and a life of peace by, by where we choose to make our home. If you and I make our home in the world, then we are making our home in trouble. 
If you and I choose to make a, our, our home, um, you know, in our, our rootedness in the world, then, then you're always going to be living in the pain of your past. You're always going to be living in your problems. You're always going to be living in your, your inadequacy, your, your woundedness, because all that stuff is, is in the world. But if you leave being an outsider outside and you move in, then you're coming into peace. And that's one of the ways you know whether you're living out or living in. Do you have peace? Because when you're in Christ, you're in all the fullness of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and things begin to change. So you get to choose a life of trouble or a life of peace. By moving out of the world and into Christ, and accepting the whole point of, of Easter. You know, this whole in and out thing, I, you need to understand uh, that, that Jesus went out of heaven to bring you into it. That, that Jesus went out into the world to deliver you from it. Even Hebrews 13, 12, it's this amazing verse that, that says this, um, And so Jesus suffered outside the city, outside the city gate where he was stripped and mocked and humiliated and beaten as he bled out, we are making fun of him. Jesus went out into all of that to make you the people holy through his own blood. He went out so you wouldn't have to live out. Jesus was crucified in total agony to bring every trace of our broken into all the fullness of heaven's joy. Are you living out in your broken or are are you coming into the fullness of joy? In John 17, 13, Jesus said, I'm coming to you now and I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy with them. (laughs) So yes, even though we're in the world for a while, we can still have the full measure of Jesus' joy in us and we choose. But if you're gonna make your base of operations the world, man, you just planted your heart in trouble. But if you're going to plant your life in Christ and lean into him for the rest of your life, then you're going to have overcoming peace. And so I want to ask you all to look up here, right? I know it's painful. I have a a nose the size of a sail, right? But I want you to look up here and listen because this was important to Jesus and it's my job to deliver his word so that, so that, that you get what's important and that you respond In the eyes of God, you are not a second-class son. You are not some defeated daughter. The work of Jesus on the cross was to destroy every last thing, keeping you out of heaven's joy, keeping you out of heaven's peace, keeping you out of your purpose, keeping you out of what God put inside of you. And if you believe in Jesus, you are not only believing in the first incarnation, you are embracing the second. You are not only believing that God was all in Christ, you are also leaning into the truth that God is all in you, every bit of you. He's overcome the the brokenness of your past, all the sorrow, all the sadness, all the not measuring up, all the wounded in your way. Take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. 
Because of Jesus, we get to choose between living all in the peace of paradise or all out in the storms of hell. And let me just tell you, there ain't going to be a whole lot of space between those two things. You know, you can be uh, churchy and, and religious, but, but the truth is, um, you're not going to be able to maintain that. It's going to fall. That house of cards is going to fall. In Luke chapter 23, verse 32, we have one of the greatest all-in stories from out to in. It's one of the greatest comeback stories of all time. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Hurt people, hurt people. And you've been wounded by, by, by people who've been wounded. And you've, you've, you've taken anger from angry people. This is the way of the world. And even in this moment of his agony, and I want you to use, if you, if you can, if you have the ability, put your mind in these two men on the cross. Because their hearts are going two different directions at the most crucial juncture of their eternal destinies. And yours is going to do one of these two things in the exact same way. Aren't you the Messiah? God, I am so disappointed in you. I am so angry at you. I don't even believe in anything that you say. Save yourself and us. And so his heart is so lost in the outer darkness that this is where he stays and where he dies and where he lives today, in the outer darkness. So many of us here today are in that exact same place. We're in this moment of anger towards God. We're in this moment of out, and, and there's a danger that you'll live the rest of your life out instead of in. But the other guy, something going on in his heart, same place, same nails, same cross, something different in his God, in his heart. Don't you fear God? Something turning in his heart. Since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oh my gosh, what a prayer. What an invitation. What a cry. What a comeback story. What a, what a, what a win in the most hellish moment of life. In agony, in pain, in absolute despair. All of his life, one of the most public failures it could ever be. And in that moment, an eternal success. That's what out to in looks like. But did you notice he didn't do it a little bit? Hey, Jesus, I'd like to have some religious discussions at some point later about the possibilities of your goodness in life. And Jesus, I'm willing to ethically consider that you might be a good moral teacher. Jesus, could we, could we talk about this? No, S silly, right? All in. To a God who on the cross showed that he was all in for us. And that's the meaning of this whole all in series. That's the meaning of our journey to Easter. That we believe that God was all in Christ. And that our all in call to God is not that we earn our way all or that we're dedicated all the way in. Is that simply we believe that he did the work for us as the atoning sacrifice. And we just simply have to make the move into love, into light, and out of pain, and out of dark. So here's what I want you to do. Leave out and all it means to be in to all Christ is. Your life doesn't have to be a dying down life anymore. Your life doesn't have to be full of anxiety and fear and, and anger. Your life doesn't have to be dissatisfied and unhappy and miserable. Your life can be full of joy 
That while they're in the world, my joy may be in them. And the joy of an infinite God cannot be fully contained in your your little body. It's going to flow out. There's more of God than there is of you. And when he is in you, he is going to flow out of you. And you're going to come alive. And you're going to come awake. And you're going to leave outside all of the broken and the pain and the voices of your parents in the past. And you're going to come into the heart of God in a new way. So if you've never given your heart to Jesus, this is what I'm going to ask you to do today, to give your heart to Jesus, to move in. Don't stay out anymore. Don't stay out in the dark, out in the pain, out of the light. Move in to the heart and the life and the love of Jesus. And to be forgiven and believe and to be loved and to be loved. This is the prayer that I'm going to ask you to be. As the worship team comes out, and, uh, and we make a, a move, I'm going to ask us in this moment um, to, to just simply consider the Easter message and, and decide whether you're going to stay out or whether you're going to move in. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would help each one of us to make our move. Like the thieves on the cross that we would no longer choose just to stay nailed to our pain but that we would look to you, Jesus, and cry out to you and ask you to save us and to believe that you will. That we would leave behind a life without you and live anew a life within you. Jesus, create for yourself here at Seven Run an all-in people. Father, this is our prayer. That in this second incarnation that's coming uh, into life, that you would reveal the glory of your love through us. As the Father has sent me, I have sent you. That we would leave behind all that isn't you and enter into all that is. And Father, that we would accept your love and accept your glory and be your love and reveal your glory. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.